Hi, this is Pastor Emily McGinley from Urban Village Church, Hyde Park, Woodlawn. If you've been to UVC, you'll know that we seek to be three things, bold, inclusive, and relevant. We know that there are countless folks across the country and out there in podcast land like yourself, seeking a message that will bring insight, hope, encouragement, and joy as we do this thing called faith. Please consider making a financial gift to help us with this work of inspiring, equipping, and sending out agents of gospel life and inclusive love. Just go to www.urbanvillagechurch.org forward slash give. Thanks for listening, and God bless. Our passage today comes from Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. Listen to what God is saying to us. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountain. And after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad. For your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. May God add a blessing to the hearing and the living out of this scripture. Good morning again. Uh, I didn't introduce myself before, so I will now. My name is Emily McGinley. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. And I have the great joy of serving as the pastor here at Urban Village Church Hyde Park Woodlawn um, and in ministry alongside many of the folks that you have seen up front and many people who, uh, who you don't see but who help us do what we do and be who we are. And I'm grateful for all of you to gather in this space um, and help build what can only be, happen when people come together. Please join me in a word of prayer. God, we are grateful for the gift of this community that we bring ourselves um, to this space and to one another um, maybe not with full confidence, but with trust and with faith, um, believing and hoping that you will show up in a new way um, to transform our lives, our hearts, our minds, to help us live more fully into those people that you have created and called us to be. And so we ask that you would be present in this space um, with all the little mini um, amen crowds uh, scattered throughout. Help us to be encouraged by those voices and those lives and help us to in the midst of it all, hear your spirit whispering um, in our hearts and our minds, um, challenging us, loving us, comforting us, healing us, calling us to something um, outside of ourselves for the sake of your work in this world. We pray in the name of your son, Jesus, who showed us what that looks like. Amen. Um, so I thought I would uh, begin our time uh, this morning um, with a little game. And so uh, if there are folks here who know how to play rock, paper, scissors, raise your hand. We got a few uh, folks. Um, I'm going to invite 12 people to come up. We're going to do a, like a mini quick tournament, flash round tournament. Uh, okay, Rashada, uh, Blake and Kelsey. Okay, or yeah, Blake and Kelsey. You can battle each other, the uh, engaged couple. Um, uh, Vania, Nissa, uh, Charisse, 
uh, Chris and um, the person sitting next to Chris. Um, I'm sorry. I, let's see how many folks is that. Uh, okay, uh, Fran and um, uh, Gabe. Two, four, six, eight, ten. Okay, two more people. Uh, okay, Paige. And come on up, Micah. Okay, so I'm going to have you uh, double up, so that way you're, you've got your opponent, um, and then we'll have like one row, like well you can face each other. How about that? Okay, okay so um, just we're just going to do one round, so uh, one round to begin with. So uh, come on, rock, paper, scissors, go. Okay, all the winners, go sit down. <laughs> oh, tie. Okay, one more. Rock, paper, scissors, go. Okay. Winners, go sit down. All the blessed folk can stay up here. Okay, turn to your next opponent. Uh, oh, did we have another tie? Okay, so oh, try again. Wow, look at that. One, two, three, go. What? One, two, three, go. Okay, there we go. Winners, go sit down. All right, blessed folks, turn to your other blessed uh, partner. Ready, set, one, two, three, go. Any time? One, two, three, go. Okay, winners go sit down. Bless people. Okay, let's have uh, Nissa and Micah, and then uh, Kelsey, you'll be the tournament breaker. Uh, one, two, three, go. Okay. Uh, I think, Micah, you, didn't you have the scissors? And you had paper? So, Micah, you're, you're the winner. Go sit down. Nissa and um, Kelsey, one, ready? Rock, paper, scissors, go. Shoot. Uh, okay, this, okay, wait, no, hold on. Uh, so, you, oh, you were, the, you were the blessed. Okay, so you have a sit down. This is our most blessed person in worship today. You may have a seat, Nissa. Thank you so much for humoring me. <laughs> when, uh, when you find yourself the most blessed in the rock, paper, scissors tournament at a church, right, uh, your spidey sense kicks in pretty quick, and it doesn't take much to realize that we might not be working from the same set of definitions, right? But of course, redefining is exactly what Jesus did throughout his life and ministry. When Jesus moves through his poem of most blessed, it's clear that this word blessed doesn't necessarily mean what most of us might think it means. And I'm not talking about in a like bless your heart kind of way or in a like hashtag blessed kind of way, right? If you've been around church for a while, you might have heard uh, our passage for today. It's often called the Beatitudes. Um, it's often talked about as a roadmap for blessing of some kind, that we should strive to stand with those who Jesus lifts up as blessed, to stand with them, to journey with them, and struggle with them, and that that is how we find our way toward blessing. Well, for those of us who might identify with some of these blessed people categories, those of us who maybe struggle with depression, who are grieving, who are humble, oppressed, forgiving, open-hearted, peacemaking, persecuted, and reviled, it may not feel like much of a blessing, let's be honest, right? But that's the sort of thing that Jesus is getting at, right? Who belongs, who gets invited, who gets taken seriously. These are all boundaries and borders that Jesus refused to comply with. And so, blessed are the people and circumstances that we'd rather not have to deal with. A remix of the Beatitudes today might read like, Blessed are the queer, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the immigrants, for all borders shall disappear. Blessed are the indebted, can I get an amen, for there will be more than enough. Blessed are the seasonally depressed, for the sun will shine on your sorrow. Blessed are the disabled, for their creative way-making in this world is a work of art. Blessed are the children, for all classrooms will be equitable and fully supported launchpads of purpose and imagination. 
Blessed are the spiritually afflicted, for the Spirit will meet your demands. What is it like to hear this? Is it comforting? Anxiety-inducing? How many of us could lay claim to any one or more of these blessings, blessed identities? And if we do experience any one or more of them, how great does it really feel, actually, to be in that position? Right? Words like these might be a comfort to us when we are in times of trouble or destruction or when we are the targets of persecution or oppression. But even when we're comforted, I guess that most of us would much rather prefer not to be there, right? We'd rather not be blessed. If I could be blessed, hashtag, right? I would much rather be free of all this, to live in a painless, totally healed, completely undisturbed existence, to ascend and keep ascending like a neoliberal economist dream. Of course, for those of us who are trying to follow in the way of Jesus, we know that embedded in his teaching is the key, in this teaching is the key to how Jesus understands actually the way that the kingdom of God is ordered and what it takes to enter it. The world's hierarchies and their opposition to justice was unpacked and laid out um, in the way, uh, in, in the work of uh, Gloria Andaluza, a scholar of Chicana cultural theory, feminist theory, and queer theory. In a way, she too is talking about this hierarchy of blessing and who gets in and who gets, who's left out, right? So Dr. Andaluza grew up on the Tex-Mex border and explored how borders and borderlands shape our identity and reality. She developed theories about the marginal, the in-between, and mixed cultures that develop along borders, and in that work, she described the many ways in which the world orients itself around the centers of privilege and norm, who's hashtag blessed and who's blessed, right? Pushing those who don't fit into the borders. We don't really want to see it, right? And creating institutions that then reinforce the norms of the center that shape our existence. And she wrote um, a poem to live in the borderlands to try to give shape to that existence. She said, to live in the borderlands means you are neither Hispania, India, Negra, Española, Nigabacha, Eres, Mestiza, Mulata, half-breed, caught in the crossfire between camps while carrying all five races on your back, not knowing which side to turn to, run from. To live in the borderlands means knowing that the India in you, betrayed for 500 years, is no longer speaking to you. The Mexicanas call you rajetas, that denying the Anglo inside you is as bad as having denied the Indian or black. Cuando vives en la frontera? People walk through you. The wind steals your voice. You're a brura, a buoy, scapegoat, forerunner of a new race, half and half, both woman and man, neither a new gender. To live in the borderlands means to put Chile in the borscht, eat whole wheat tortillas, speak Tex-Mex with a Brooklyn accent, be stopped by La Migra at the border checkpoints. Living in the borderlands means you fight hard to resist the gold elixir beckoning from the bottle, the pull of the gun barrel, the rope crushing the hollow of your throat. In the borderlands, you are the battleground where enemies are kin to each other. You are at home, a stranger. The border disputes have been settled. The volley of shots have scattered the truce. You are wounded, lost in action, dead, fighting back. To live in the borderlands means the mill with the razor white teeth wants to shred off your olive red skin, crush out the kernel, your heart, pound you, pinch you, roll you out, smelling like white bread but dead. To survive the borderlands, 
You must live sin fronteras, be at a cross, to be a crossroads. There is a center in U.S. society that is considered normal. White, male, heterosexual, married, Protestant, Christian, Anglo-Americans, English-speaking, upper-middle-class, able-bodied, educated, middle-aged, and embodying a particular standard of beauty. It is the standard by which we are all measured, and many of us could identify with one or more of the ways that we touch this center or intersect with this center. And so for most of us, it can be a real relief, actually, to experience the comfort of that center. At least there is one place where I don't have to struggle so hard. It may not be possible or even desirous to change some of these ways we have membership to the center, right? I want to stay married to my partner. I'm comfortable with my assigned gender. So it's important to understand that dismantling the center, joining the blessed that Jesus talks about, doesn't mean you have to change your identity. It's about refusing to comply with the borders. It's about choosing not to norm the center, denying its location, and refusing its seductive gifts that you too can have half-time membership. It's about living sin fronteras, as Dr. Andaluza puts it, living without borders. But how do we do this? How do we live without borders? Well, for those of us who live on the borders, a good start is to stop looking at the center for affirmation, validation, and belonging. Now, this past week, we had a gathering called a Charge Conference in the United Methodist Church. This was a meeting to share about the state of the church with our district superintendent, Brittany Isaac, who was one of uh, our founding pastors at, at UBC. She founded our Edgewater location. Now, during this meeting, we recognized 12 candidates for ministry that are in the process of ordination under the care of Urban Village Church. Of the 12, four of the candidates were ready to be voted on and affirmed for ministry, Kelly Harrison, Myron Crisk, Carter Kelly, and Derek Steinmetz. And as I heard each person share about growing up in various religious traditions and the rejection that they experience as queer identifying people in those spaces, as I learned about the renewed sense of affirmation and rekindling of a sense of purpose and call as a result of their time at UVC, I was full of gratitude. Grateful that ours was a community where they were able to find their bordered self recognized, affirmed, and cultivated for ministry. I was grateful, and I was also amazed. Because these people are consciously choosing to pursue ordination in a denomination that has unequivocally refused to affirm their rights to exercise their gifts. As one self-appointed Chicago minister once put it, how, Sway? How? Why would they do this? Each one said one version or another of this. I'm ready to fight for my place. I'm ready to take my place, not as a person who wants to be at the center. I won't give up my queerness or the particularities that make up who I am, but I'm here, and I'm ready to force the center to recognize the border that I live on, to force it to open itself to the gifts and creativity and spirit-breathed possibilities that I represent and that I present to the community. These folks are choosing to live without borders and to be a crossroads, and I was amazed grateful, inspired. Now, for those aspects of us which live in the center, then, our task looks different. It means that we must become conscious not only of the ways that the center keeps us numb to the spiritual violence embedded in the tactics that hold the center, 
but then also to refuse to comply, regardless of the discomfort or pain that we experience, and no matter the consequences, whether that is through amplifying the voices that often get ignored, paying attention to those stories or experiences that are dismissed or minimized, or sharing resources and access that is typically out of reach for those on the borders. A quick example of this is that earlier, just a couple of days ago, I was at the Lego store trying to find there are these things called blind bags, they're, they're bags that you can't see what's inside, and so you have to just sort of guess. And I was trying to find the Elsa and Anna ones, right? So I was feeling for the snowflake in the Elsa one and feeling for the one for Anna. And it, like for an hour, it was a little bit embarrassing. But um, I posted on Facebook about this, right? I just said, oh, you know, I spent an hour uh, feeling up all these blind bags in the Lego stores. And a, 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 a per, an acquaintance of mine who is blind said, are they really called blind bags? And it had never occurred to me to even think about that. That's the center that I stand on. We are called to amplify those voices that get ignored, pay attention to those stories that are dismissed, share resources and access that is out of reach for those on the borders. Now, in a few minutes, we'll be baptizing, baptizing baby Carter into the family of faith. And we'll ask this question of his parents and godparents. Do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? In other words, do you accept freedom to be liberated from the borders? Do you accept the power that God gives you to resist and dismantle the center? As a church committed to anti-racist practices, we do this because these are our values, that we've made this commitment, right? But as a body of believers, we do this because this is what it means to fulfill our baptismal promises. This is what it means to pursue God's vision of wholeness of life for all. When we make our centers porous, when we force them open, when we commit to being at the crossroads, when we dismantle the systems and structures that thrive on our fear of not enough and our anxieties about not belonging, our hunger to stand on top, when we have the courage to live sin fronteras, we then have access to a holy space, a space where life and spirit crash together, where we can discover creative ways of flourishing in a death-dealing world. It is this space that Carter, along, to, with all long, a long line, together with a long line of believers who came before him, who, who will come after him, it is this space that Carter will have access to by the power of his baptismal promises, promises that will be held by his parents and his godparents in this community until the day that he makes, decides he wants to make them his own. And so between now and then, we are called to show Carter and all the children of this community and one another, because we need it too, what it looks like to practice life at the crossroads. Life sin fronteras. Trusting, believing, knowing that when we stand in those spaces at that crossroads, when we are that crossroads, we too will find ourselves counted among God's blessed. Let us pray. God, we are thankful that we have the power to stand at the crossroads because you stood at the crossroads before we did. We thank you that you show us what that looks like and that you give us the gifts and the courage that we need to do so. And so help us, God, as we live into our lives, as we be encouragement for one another. Help us to be reminded 
that we do not stand alone, that we stand in a long line of believers who came before us, who will come after us, and that we get to add our gifts, our opportunities, our strengths, our resources to that work. We pray this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.